Hey everyone, welcome to God's Watchmen. Um, I'm Caleb. I have uh, Austin over here, and today we have um, Greg. Um, Greg is actually, to give you a little bit of background, Greg is um, a really good friend of mine, um, and I know Greg because I was really good friends with his son. Uh, we went to school together when we were younger, had um, just an awesome relationship, and through that awesome relationship, I've gotten to know um, Greg, and um, just an awesome guy, good father, and he spent some time doing uh, missions and grew up in New Jersey, if you know where that is. <laughs> and so, yeah, say hi, Greg. Hey, everybody, and thanks, Caleb, for that. Appreciate it. It's good to ha- good to be here. So, um, start us off. Um, I would love to hear because I actually don't know. Um, what did like your childhood look like in New Jersey growing up? Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it was a relatively normal childhood. We grew up in a, I grew up in a um, sort of a middle income neighborhood town, a working class town and um, grew up with uh, Christian, Christian parents. Uh, mm. At the time, to be honest, I wasn't sure if my father was saved or not. I know since then he, he is. Um, it was my mom every week who sort of dragged the four kids to, to church on, on Sundays. And um, uh, as, I, as I touched on there, I'm one of four. And uh, so we had a pretty decent-sized family. And um, grew up in New Jersey, really enjoyed my childhood. Had, um, probably like most kids, a, a fair share of ups and downs. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, I think, a, a relatively run-of-the-mill childhood. If if uh, that makes sense, yeah, absolutely. When uh, when would you say that you kind of um, came to know the Lord? When did that all happen? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So as I mentioned, we were um, the whole family. Well, my mom and and my brothers and sisters, our sister. You know, we we went to church on a regular basis, and I heard the gospel from a very young age, uh, not only from from my mother, but also obviously in the, in the church meetings. And, um, at a very young age, you know, I was one of those kids who responded pretty early, three, five, four, you know, something like that to the mm-hmm. gospel message. Um, and so I can remember as a child several times sort of articulating this so-called sinner's prayer, you know? Oh. Um, I, I think that the Lord was working with me in those times, and I and I do believe the Spirit of God was drawing me to Himself. And um, it's kind of weird, though, when you're one of those kinds of kids that you've heard the gospel and sort of grown up never thinking that there wasn't a God and never really not believing in Jesus. Right. It's mm-hmm. kind of hard to point sometimes to an exact moment. <clears throat> um, I I understand though the the need to be born again that it's not just hearing it's just not it's not just even an intellectual thing where you recognize you know the name of Jesus or something like that that it's it's more than just that and I would say that most that came most firmly later in life um, where I where I could then say I truly know that I'm saved mm-hmm. um, more in you know my college years. And I, I, I could say that because, you know, there, as a young guy, I was a pretty rebellious guy, you know, um, really walked away, I, I think, from the Lord in, in a lot of respects, although I, I never felt like I didn't have a relationship with him. What, what age was that? 
the kind of rebellious maybe walking away. I would away say age. I would say that was sophomore junior year in high school, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um and, you know, just just kind of doing my own thing and not really interested in the things of the Lord. I remember a time being sort of um in an altered state, I would say, <laughs> um as a young guy in in high school trying to tell people about the Lord. You know, and yeah. I think it was a, it was a very awkward thing. I can remember exactly where I was, and I can remember you know the the friend I was speaking to, and but you know I was just totally drunk, and um, trying to tell him some somehow about the Lord for some reason. I think I was feeling pangs of guilt, yeah, mm-hmm. and sort of him laughing in my face, you know, um, and that was one of the moments that really stood out to me. I think is. I don't know if you would call it transformational, but it's, I guess it wasn't to some degree because I can remember it to this day that, wow, that there's something really hypocritical about what I just did. And yet my heart's desire was to help this guy understand Mm -hmm. about the Lord Jesus. And yet the place I was coming from was just so, so off base. Um, But all the while I never, I never felt that the Lord wasn't working in my life and continuing to call me to himself. And so um, I think over over time there was a process whereby he truly brought me to himself. And I don't want to suggest that I ever, you know, arrived. Mm-hmm. I know I've been born again. You know, I know I have new life in Christ. And, um, and I know that, you know, my life isn't characterized by drunkenness now and things like that. Um, but, you know, I think, I think it's fair to admit as, as believers, we all have our ups and downs, right? And we all still struggle at times. We still have the flesh in us. Yeah. And, um, but we have the Holy Spirit, right? And, and, and we're called to walk according to the Spirit. And so another big part of my life was my wife and I dated um, when we were in high school and uh, for a couple of years and then had kind of a nasty breakup. And I was a professing believer at the time. She was a non-believer, wasn't really walking with the Lord, though, and, and our relationship wasn't a healthy one. And then um, we broke up and entered college, and I got right with the Lord, I would mm-hmm. say, and she got saved. Awesome. And I, didn't, I hadn't seen her for two years. We had one of those kind of relationships that that you, you know, it was kind of like all or nothing. Like we couldn't go, oh, we're just going to be friends, right? There wasn't, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. Wasn't, that wasn't a possibility. Yeah. And um, so it's just an interesting part of, of my story and it's and as part of her story as well is that I, I had met a, I met a young woman in college uh, that I, you know, kind of was interested in that was a believer and I knew where she went to, she went to church and everything like that. And I remember probably the first time ever really praying about a girl, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and kind of feeling convinced, all right, Lord, this, this is from you. I'm going to go there this morning yeah. for the purpose of asking her out. Right. Um, oh yeah. I'm going to go into your church. Yeah. Go for your gonna, sheep. Yeah, just you, you as, set it up, as Lord. you've ordained today. <laughs> yeah. You set this all up. I can just feel it. Thank you. And, um, went in there that morning and I sat in the back pew and I didn't go to this church. I went there literally just for just... that purpose. Right. <laughs> so I don't even remember what was said there and everything. Yeah. And, um, 
I'm staring. I, I find where she's sit- sitting about 10 rows in front of me. And I think, all right, there, there's my uh, target, if you want to use that term. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's... And then, and then the person next to her turns around and like is looking around and our eyes connect. And it was my wife, Carrie, the one I had dated for those years in high school, was what? sitting right next to this person. Wow. And my, you know, um, Wow. My head sort of, you know, like spun around. It was like, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, to make a long story short, at the end of that that meeting, at that service, I mm-hmm. just bolted because I just couldn't. I didn't know what to say. I was kind of like panicking, you know. I was like, I, I ran out of there like with my tail between my legs, and I and I felt badly about that because I hadn't seen her in two full years, and yeah. it was just you know really inappropriate way to behave. But I just didn't know what else to do. I didn't feel like yeah. I had it in me to to talk to her, but. Um, I called her, her house. I still knew her mom's, you know, her, her parents' phone number. And, um, and I left them, I, I spoke to her mother and I said, Hey, I just want you to know what happened. I, I saw her today and it was awkward. I ran out and if you could just tell her, I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, she called me that evening. My wife called me that evening. And then, um, you know, as they say, the rest is history. We, we got back together I, I had, like I said, I had, you know, the Lord had worked a lot in my heart and I felt more comfortable that yeah. I was walking with him and my wife had, you know, gotten saved and, um, and, you know, and that's, we've been married for quite a long time now, 26 years. That's, that's an awesome story. You, you said you laid it out, you prayed, Lord, this is it, open it up. Yeah. And little did you know you were going there to actually meet your wife but not the one <laughs> yeah, that exactly. you had eyes on he used that 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 that's awesome it, yeah it really yeah. was and so like there's been times in my life like that where i can look at and clearly see the hand of god mm-hmm. you know i i don't know if you guys are like me there's been times in my life that i've also like wondered am i really saved maybe Absolutely. you've never had that but yeah, i yeah. and it's because it's been in response to things i've done Mm-hmm. Right, it's been in response to sin. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, if I was truly a believer, could I even do this? And uh, I think a lot of believers have doubts. And and I'm a believer that once you're saved, you're always saved. I, I really believe in, um, in that that you know we're 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 in Christ forever. And I know others see it differently, but um, and so I don't truly doubt my salvation, but. When I look back on my life, there are certain times that I can see so clearly mm-hmm. that God was involved that it's so unmistakable and so remarkable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's like, well, I couldn't, I just couldn't make this happen. You know, just like this universe, right? Like people like to argue that this universe came from nothing, right? And if you yeah. just think about it from a scientific, even a mathematical standpoint, if you look at it, you know, just the probability of, of all of this happening, even the probability of just, you know, amino acids lining up in the right sequence to form a protein is basically impossible if you run the numbers. I can look at things in my life that I can just say, there's no other way you can, there's no way you can convince me that anything other, but other than the Lord arranging this, you know, is, is the reason it happened. And so I, so that's so cool. And that's not the only time there's other times that very thing has happened. But so I feel so good about that, knowing that, yeah, the Lord brought my wife and I together. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how you said that. It it's too perfect to yeah. not be like. And when you brought up about you know the universe, that was one thing for me. You know, it's too perfect for a big bang and everything falls in place. 
And uh, this morning I was listening to the radio. Ray Bentley was on, and he mm-hmm. was talking about how the stars and all all that and the zodiac. He got into the Hebrew word on all that, but he was like, it was really meant to share the gospel from the the yeah. stars. He said, yeah. you know, the Virgo and the the Leo that it's the Virgin to the Lion. Mm. And the way that he brought it yeah, up, I yeah. was like, wow, I've got to listen to this again because yeah. that was really neat. And yeah. just the way God has everything. Well, I mean, certainly, no, that's that's an amazing point. And um, I do like to talk, so sorry if I get a little freeform here. But <laughs> yeah. I do too, the, so you, <laughs> we might have to... The, I, I just hate that. talking. I don't, I don't even know why <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I've always known that about you, Caleb. No, but you know, you look at you look at this universe, you look at the stars... And um, they bear witness to the fact that there's a creator, right? I think mm-hmm. we all we can all agree upon that. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Um, one of the things I've talked a lot about, and it just I just find it a, an interesting subject. And you know, my family's probably heard this way too many times because, like an old guy, I just say the same stories over and over again. But you know, we we talk about amusements in our life, and this is just something that's kind of come back to me again lately. And the word amuse means to not think, right? Right. To muse on something is to spend time pondering it, thinking on it. Um, And then when you put an A in front of something, it makes it negative. Like an asymptomatic disease has no symptoms, right? So anyway, all that to say that I feel like in much of history, people had so much more time on their hands and time to consider the stars, the moon, the universe, right? And I don't mean time that they were working hard. I don't mean that kind of time on their hands, but just if you're out in the field plowing, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing but you and that plow and, and the animals and nature. And, you know, now everybody's got their head buried in their phones. They're being amused to death. And, and people don't seem to have the same amount of time to ponder eternal things, to think about, like maybe if you were a farmer in, in you know the good old days, plowing your field, you'd have a lot of time to think, and maybe one day you'll think, "What am I doing here?" You know, and look at those stars. Who put them there? Right, and just really sort of have time to to muse on those things. But because we're just being amused constantly, twenty four seven, I think it's in in that respect, God's creation. It still remains a, a beautiful testament to his creative power and to, to much of his character, but maybe it's not being received as 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 quickly or as often as as a testimony to him because of of all of these amusements and distractions and and things like that that we have in our busy lives today. Um, but yeah, the I don't know where I was going with that, and even how we got talking about the stars. But well, I, well just, I, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures that sure. that remind me awesome. of it. In Psalms 19, the first four verses, you know, the heavens proclaim the glory of God, the skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth Mm. and their words to all the world. And it reminded me this morning, I was reading in Isaiah 40, 25, and 26. It says, "To, to whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Asked the Holy One. Look up to the heavens, who created all the stars. He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name because of his great power and incomparable strength. Not a single one is missing. Awesome. And yeah. it just 
blew my mind that if God can name and not miss every single star, if he loves stars that much that he named each one, imagine how much he loved, loves me, loves you, loves whoever's out there listening that much because he created us a step below him, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that just blows my mind. Yeah, the fact that he has the stars named, right? I mean, that it's it wasn't just that he created them and mm -hmm. left them on their own. Yeah. You know, that remind I mean, that's amazing. It reminds me too of, so I was reading recently with regard to Jonah mm -hmm. and, um, you know, towards the end of, of that story where, um, where he, the Lord prepared, it says he prepared a plant for Jonah right? yeah. he, to give him shade. He prepared a plant. And then later he prepares a worm to, to eat the plant. I don't know if you guys are, I'm sure you're familiar with yes. that, right? Yeah. And I was, re I was reading that recently and I was thinking about some things that were going on in my life. And like, think about that. Here's just a man, just one person out of, you know, now we have billions of people in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And the Lord took the time to prepare a plant for him and then to prepare a worm. You know, things happen to us and we think like they're, Oh, just a coincidence or random or anything like that. The Lord is so intimately involved in all of the details of our lives. I mean, I really believe that. And I mean, just, I mean, it shows you his wisdom. It shows you his care. Yeah. Right. When you think about that, you know, something happens to you and you think, oh, I can't believe how did this happen? Well, the Lord prepared a worm <laughs> in the case of Jonah. And so what is he preparing in our lives? How is he working in the background? Uh, sometimes more in the foreground, you know, sometimes it's more obvious, like I said, with my wife and I, when we, when we saw one another that morning, other times it's more subtle and perhaps we'll never really see yeah. his hand in it. We won't know what he was doing. Um, but he's there, which mm -hmm. I just think is such an amazing thing. Just like he named the stars, he's intimately involved in everything. And, um, just such a, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah jumping, jumping back to your story, um, the possibility of you, you know, going after that other girl seeing your wife there what would have happened if your wife wasn't there that day what could have happened right but her being there kind of possibly shifted the tides in your life but yeah no it did an amazing way and I, I, I did neglect to say in the first time around I just have to admit that other girl did have a boyfriend that I knew about oh. so I'm mentioning that because that also speaks to the fact, what was I doing there in the first place? You know, yeah, like you, I should have just... You said you, know. you, you already knew your heart yeah, was there for yeah. the, the target. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, you know, anyway, it was, yeah. I, I totally agree, Caleb. It's like my life, that one moment, my life went in a completely different direction than it, mm -hmm. than it would have, right? Yeah. So, so after getting married and, like you said, the rest was history, mm -hmm. starting to have kids, what was like kind of the early family life like and... Where was your faith kind of changing and developing there? Um, what were yeah. some lessons? And no, stuff? it's a, it's a great great question. So early family life was just wonderful. Um, my wife, you know, my wife worked when we first got married, but it wasn't too long into our marriage that we that we had our first child and then and then had another one. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm grateful to the Lord that she was able to stay home with the kids once um, once we had two, two children. And, um, yeah, so I was, you know, I was busy commuting and working and I, you know, worked in business my whole career, different kinds of jobs and different kinds of businesses. What, what and, types of and, business? Um, 
So I, I very early on, I worked in shipping. I worked for a, a shipping company, um, and uh, I did a couple of different jobs for them. So it's one of these companies that has these massive ships that people put their cargo on in, in oh. 20 and 40-foot containers. That's what you meant by shipping. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. uh, shipping boxes. Yeah, so I did. So I did. That's where my brain's at. Right there, too, yeah. I just want to clarify. Yeah, so so I did export um, customer service for them at the beginning, and then I got into sales, and Manhattan was my territory. So speaking of that, you graduated college with a degree then? Yeah. To get you into that kind of stuff? Okay. Yeah. And um, a degree in psychology, though. I don't know how it impacts my business career, but I just found it kind of easy, and I was a little bit lazy, so that's kind of what it came no offense to any psychologists or psychology majors out there, but for me, for me, it was just kind of like I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I ended up doing that. Um, but yeah, so I ended up doing sales for them for a few months, mm-hmm. and um, and it was and it was an interesting job. My, I would say about somewhere between fifty and seventy five percent of my clients were in the World Trade Center in those two buildings. And wow. um, the reason for that is is obvious, right? So the World Trade Center that those buildings and an area in downtown Manhattan around there was Mm -hmm. a lot of the businesses were customs house brokers, freight forwarders and people involved in shipping, right? International exports and things like that. So I would often start my day there and then just ride the elevators, you know, uh, all day long, you know, (laughs) calling on clients. And, um, but, Several years before 9-11 happened, I had moved out of that company and, and, and started working for a pharmaceutical company Okay. in sales. And the main reason I did that, I loved that other, that other role, and I loved the international aspect of it and just the people I worked with and everything. But um, it, I just didn't get paid enough to support a family in, yeah. in New Jersey. At the time, it was just very, you know, it just didn't make sense. I couldn't make, make ends meet. So mm-hmm. um got involved in working for a pharmaceutical company and um, ended up doing a lot of different jobs for them. And um, over a period of 11 or 12 years, um, some in sales, marketing, human resources, and different things like that. And um, it was at that time, towards the end of my, my time there, that we ended up, so, well, I should say, at one point we moved from New Jersey to Pennsylvania with that with that job, with 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 that drug company. Okay. And um, at some point, though, uh, towards well, at the end of that career, made the decision to do some some international work and uh, got involved in nonprofit work and and ministry opportunities in, in Asia. And so I left that that corporate career and kids were 13 i believe 13 and 11 at that time and uh, we packed up and moved moved overseas to do ministry work yeah we did um we we worked in uh different orphanages we did some work in orphanages oh, yeah got involved in some some bible teaching uh ministries overseas as well and ended up spending the better part of three or three and a half years over overseas now, what was it like? Just, I don't even know how to question it. Like, were there fears, anxieties, worries about packing up and moving over there? Like, was you and your wife on board 
with all that? Like, how the process of the Lord leading you through that, knowing like God wants you over there? So yeah, so <laughs> so that just opened up a two-hour conversation now oh, that yeah. we have. So yeah. hopefully, there, we can... <laughs> there was a big smile on his face when Austin asked that. For those of you who can't yeah. see that, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's a great question, and the answer to all of that is yes. And it's a it's kind of a long story. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll have another time one day. Yeah, yeah, but but I'll say this: I was the one who really had the desire to go. Okay. And I, and I will admit this, and have admitted it since then. I think my desire was had several different motivating factors. Mm-hmm. One of them was truly because I wanted to serve the Lord and I felt that the Lord had gifted me in certain ways and I and he had also sort of provided for me and my family that we had the liberty we could do something like this from a financial standpoint and I just felt like, well, I want to serve the Lord. I think that was a, a truly a big part of it. At the same time, however, another thing that drove that was I was sort of wigging out in my career Mm -hmm. um just i kept sort of like moving up and taking bigger jobs and um you know one of the things about me that i've thought about even recently probably for the first time really took taking some time to think about it is like i have this like internal drive to like be the best at whatever i do yeah and um it's only been recently that i've tried to like think like where, where did that come from and like you know how has that sort of like shaped me and um, like what's the driving factor behind that? But anyway, I think some of that really just drove me to just a point of where was, the stress of, of work was just getting a lot for me to bear. Like just the anxiety that I put on myself for, to keep performing and things like that. And I, I say that because I want, well, one is because I just want to tell the honest story that I, that that's, that's what it was. It was a combination of wanting to serve the Lord, but also I have to admit that it was a little bit, there were a lot bit that other part too, that it was just kind of like, I just got to get out of this and do something else. And all of that sort of at the time just felt like this convoluted mess of Lord, I want to serve you. And, and then sometimes me in prayer, maybe trying to convince the Lord that his path was for me to do this and Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. And so, um, when we went overseas, you know, my wife was on board. I wouldn't have went if she, you know, we wouldn't have gone if she wasn't on board with it, but, it was more because she felt, all right, this is what you you want to do and what the Lord is leading you to do. Um, and it was tough to, you know, it was tough to take a 13-year, like to tell your 13-year-old daughter, hey, you're going to leave your friends and your family and, and all this. Wow. And, and, or not your family. <laughs> I'm like quoting from Genesis now. Um, <laughs> no, you're gonna, you know, you're going to have to leave your friends yeah. and your school and, and, and or your, you know, your homeschool friends and whatnot and, and go go overseas. And, and uh, my son... I think he it was a little bit easier on him. But was he younger? A little bit younger, yeah. Okay. Um, but so it was diff it was difficult, and I think the entire family had times where it was very challenging, a- including myself. Um, and I and I know that each one of us also had a good bit of time where we just saw the the Lord working. Um, we we definitely he definitely used us. There's no yeah. doubt about it. You know. Um, and we had times that we, we enjoyed, we had times of great joy and, and, and were used of the Lord, each one of us individually, not just as a family. And so it was a wonderful experience to tell you the truth. It was just an amazing experience. And when I look back on it, 
um, I really, f- I, I can really see the hand of the Lord in it. Mm-hmm. And I can, um, I can also, there's also several times where the Lord confirmed to me, even though I had sort of a mixed, what I might call a mixed motivation, um, that the Lord confirmed to me when we were there, this is where he had me. This is where he had us. It was his work. Um, there were several times that were very remarkable, and I, and I can remember that the Lord just providing that much-needed confirmation that, no, like, yeah, you might have made some mistakes along the way here, Greg, and, you know, but I've got you, I'm taking care of you, and I've got work for you to do here. And uh, that was very comforting. It, it reminds me, like, the scripture that's popping in my head, I don't know the address or this is, but it's along the lines of a man's heart can plan his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Mm, exactly. Yeah. I, you know? You're right. And that's what it was. I, I had these plans and everything and the Lord, the Lord knows what he's doing and, yeah. and he's able to work all things together for our good, right? To those who mm-hmm. love him are called according to his purpose. And, and for that, I'm, I'm truly grateful. And, you know, as far as the mixed motivation piece, I often think about the verses where it talks about, we're, we're warned to be careful how we build, whether with, um, I think it says gold, silver, and precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble. Yeah. And it talks about how the day will reveal it. And I think that's the judgment seat of Christ. That, And in my mind, I've often thought of that as that even our motivations for doing things will be sort of exposed. Yeah. And, no, and they're known by an almighty God, right? Not that he's looking to judge us like in a punishment way because Christ is born our punishment right but that mm-hmm. we may suffer some loss if the things that we've done for him or really we're just on out of our own flesh yeah does that make sense yeah like you said you're wired to want to be the best at everything you do yeah now God wired you that way but where's where are some of those ones like I just want to be the best yeah like what's dro- like what's yeah. driving that is that my flesh is yeah, that, yeah is that something of the Lord and um yeah so that's that's um and and like I said the lord <laughs> the Lord really showed himself strong and capable and supportive and just wonderful to us uh in those years that we were working overseas and when we had moved um o- overseas, our intention was to we we tried to sell our house, and uh the thinking was well we don't we don't know how long we're going over there. we didn't really plan per se to come back. We just didn't really know and figured maybe not being encumbered by some, you know, something like a big house here would, would cause us to be more free to, to follow the Lord's direction. And, um, that time the market was pretty depressed, the real estate market. And so I think we only had one person come and look at our house when it was on the market. And I think, mm. I think maybe wrong, but I think it was just someone in our neighborhood that was curious. So yeah, like, yeah. there was no real activity. Um, right. So, so we ended up renting it. And, um, which didn't go as well as we had hoped, but, um, needless to say, the Lord of course knew what his plans were. And because while we were overseas, we ended up adopting two children, Mm. which hadn't been a part of the original sort of equation. (laughs) Wow. And, um, there were some medical needs and, and things that we, that sort of necessitated, that was part of, part of us coming home after, after a number of years. Do you still talk with the children? Like, or did you bring them back with you? No, yeah, yeah. We we, we adopted them and brought them back with oh, us. Oh, really? And yeah, they're they've been How with us ever they? since. They're eleven. Eleven There's now. Two eleven-year-olds. Yeah. Wow. So we have we have two kids that are in their uh, 
I should say children. People get on me when I say kids because they're not goats, but um, two children <laughs> that are <laughs> two yeah. offspring that are off. in their twenties. Okay. And um, and then two younger ones. What are their names? Roy and Ginny. Roy and Ginny. Yeah, Virginia. That's awesome. That's what we call her Ginny. Yeah. Because my question was going to be, how was going overseas a blessing to you? And you're still yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a being able to bless two children. I think that sounds like a great blessing. Yeah, it's, it's certainly. They, I mean, they are a tremendous blessing to to my wife and I, to our other children, and to our mm-hmm. whole extended family. No doubt about it. You know, and um, so thankful that the Lord brought them into our, our lives. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a remarkable journey. People have said that. People kept telling me that they they'd make me younger, you know. But they, I feel like they've aged me a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, so it I, happens. Uh, <laughs> it happens. You can I mean, be honest. That's fine. Yeah, so like sometimes I was like, "Daddy, pick me up." I'm like, "No, Daddy's getting old. I can't. My back's bad." <laughs> Something, yeah. you know. But um, no, it's been it's been great. And you know, my wife and I have talked about it. It's it's not without its challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um. Like we often talked about now, because both of our older kids are out of the house, mm-hmm. and um, like we've kind of thought, hmm, life would be a little bit boring for us. And I'm not saying that's the case for everybody. Some people really enjoy, you know, yeah. when they eventually are sort of on their own as a husband and wife and and whatnot. Um, but for us, I think, like it wasn't just like it was a blessing for our little ones, right? It was it was a blessing for us. The Lord knew what we needed. Yeah. And um, yeah, I probably would be driving my my wife crazy if we didn't have them, you know, at home. If it was just the two of us, I imagine <laughs> we'd be <laughs> so. trying to do jujitsu to her, huh? Yeah, exactly. Oh, she doesn't. She does not like if I even just joke. I walk by and like, you know, Chow. pretend I'm going to do something, you know, some jujitsu. She uh, uh, not a fan, huh? No, she, I don't like being controlled. Get away from me, you know, that, that kind of thing. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's not. It's not really. Is there allowed. is there part of that? adoption kind of process and how that all went down that you would like to share like how like that's a huge huge thing how did the lord like confirm that to you and um how did that all like take place was it one at first and it became two or like yeah that's a good that's a good question so um so we worked in orphanages when we worked overseas right and um so so part of it was just when you when you see the need mm-hmm. you know and you're and you're you're seeing it on a regular basis and thinking hmm, I'd, I'd like to do more i just think i just the need is just so obvious when you're working in in those types of environments and um we we started discussing the you know that maybe the Lord would have us to adopt because we felt like the, the work that we were doing there, I, th- I thought the Lord was using us and it was, it was great. But I mean, when you see hundreds and thousands of children that need families, you feel like, well, you just, if you, I, you know, people have said to me like, Oh, it's such an amazing thing that you did. And I said, no, if you were, if you saw what we saw, you would have probably come to the same conclusion because, because you have a heart, right. And you want to, and you want to help. And then, our son, uh, Roy, came into the place that we were working, and um, and we actually pursued him, which was atypical. Typically, you mm-hmm. sort of just have to, 
let your adoption agency and therefore the government authorities know kind of the the conditions you're willing to sort of accept in, in adoption. So I, what I mean by that is like you're, you're willing to accept you'd like a child um, and, and you can take some sort of special needs, but maybe you, you don't feel comfortable taking on a, a particular special need or something mm -hmm. like that. So you sort of like set parameters of what you believe that you're able to do. Yeah. And, um, and then you just get matched just, and you see a picture and they say, okay, here you go. You know, here's, here's your match or, or here's two or three ma potential matches. Um, in this case, it was, it was quite unique because we were able to sort of pursue him and, um, you know, in, in terms of writing a letter and expressing an interest. And then it was, you know, over well over a year passed before that actually came to, to fruition and, and we were able to adopt him. And then our daughter, Jenny, um, that was more typical. Um, and but we just had thought, well, you know, our other two children were much older and we just felt like that'd be good for, for mm -hmm. Roy to have a sibling. And we also just felt like we had more we could offer you know, and, um, and, and just thought the Lord would have us, you know, we prayed a lot, a lot about this, of course, right. And discussed it with the family and, and after prayer and, and discussion, we decided we would pursue another, another child. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's how it kind of came to be. Now with her, it was, it was the more typical route where you get matched and you say, okay, we're going to do this. And, mm -hmm. you know, you go to the orphanage that, that, that child is in and they, walked her over to us and said, here's your new mommy and daddy. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's an interesting, an interesting thing. And, and, yeah. um, that's beautiful. I mean, how powerful God really is that he took you and your family thousands of miles away to adopt two children. Yeah. That's, yeah. It really is. You, right? you we, know what I mean? Have, we, yeah. we can adopt people yeah. here, but he had you from beginning before time, yeah. you know, where you were born to know that you were going to go do that that's i like hearing that kind of stuff because of how he has things orchestrated and planned out no absolutely and like I, like i touched on before even though when we when i moved over there when we moved over there as i as i mentioned that there were some mixed motivations and i was going through a hard time with mm -hmm. with work and that kind of stuff I, you know, I mentioned that verse before, and I know it's thrown around a lot, but it's just such an amazing verse when you think about it, that he's working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And that all things includes my flakiness and freaking out at work, right? <laughs> it includes our failures. It includes all things. And he's able to take that. And like you said, in eternity past, I'm, the Lord knew Hey, this is this is the plan I have. Yeah, you know, and um, and he's able to work with us in spite of our failures and work through us in spite of who we are, right? And uh, and and bless us in in ways that we never anticipated. Like I, my wife and I had never really seriously talked about adoption. We had it, the topic had come up a couple of times, but never really seriously considered mm -hmm. adoption. And then you know, all of a sudden, here we are. You know, coming back and got yeah. a couple extra children in yeah. tow, and um, and it's changed our life obviously dramatically. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, even though we have stressful days and 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 times, and um, my I know my wife and I would 
neither one of us would would have it any other way mm-hmm. you know because it's the lord's way and it's and it's been a real blessing are, yeah. are there specific things about um brian Jeannie that you know that like the lord had this figured out like how they've been interacting and growing together or like you know her having and him having like a companion you know friendship like what are some of the really cool things that he's just worked out in that um that's a good question and it's that's a tougher one for me to answer because sometimes to be honest with you we think did we do the right thing are, are, we, are we good enough you know what i mean like mm-hmm. we, we to be honest like carrie and i feel like we've f- failed in you know in our being their parents so often um that we're like we're sometimes like maybe they would have been better with someone else you know like not meaning that we don't want them but that maybe they would have had better parents than us right right um but when i do stop and think about it rationally um i know the lord knows perfectly well who we are and Mm -hmm. who he brought them to and um and yeah we have moments like that where we can really see that and um I think one of the things is just that we just love them so much and that we've you know been willing to endure quite a bit to help them through some some things and um so it's not as there's not as many of those kind of like amazing moments like I talked about before where you can see exactly this is the Lord's doing or whatever mm-hmm. um but we know yeah I mean we we know that he brought them to us you know, and, and, um, for his, for his glory and, and for all of our good, I believe. And, um, and Roy and Ginny are good friends, but they're also like arch enemies at times. Mm. Oh yeah. So like we always say they're like an old married couple, you know, children. Uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, yeah. they're children. Exactly. And so there's a lot of fighting and a lot of, you know, and I work from home now, so it's kind of like, Oh, lovely. I come home from school and I'm like, quiet, you know, no, uh, I, I would definitely say in my personal family life background for me, I grew up with four sisters and, um, you know, I prayed and prayed and prayed for a brother mm-hmm. and might have even considered trading them out at some point. But um, now that I'm older, I wouldn't change anything at all. Yeah. You know, through the years, um, I love them. I really do. So I'm sure that's all still working out i'm curious with um you know the work you're doing the international work did that lead you to asia like that international kind of work that you were doing did that you know kind of influence it, this it yeah it did you yeah ended up? i mean i always i always sort of had an interest in cultures and geography and things like languages and whatnot and the the first company that i worked for out of out of college um got me interested in language study mm. and, okay um a which, specific one which eventually um yeah which eventually probably was you know part of how we decided where we were going to end up um i think i think you could see yeah i could see going you know it's it's, it's funny because like i can remember as a as a child probably you know eight or ten years old yeah one of my favorite pastimes was just looking at maps and globes you know really yeah 
And um, there were certain areas that I would just obsess about, like I want to see these places and I want to yeah. go there. And um, again, you look back and you think, oh, so is that what drove me to to go overseas? I don't, I don't think so, but I think the Lord gives us the desires of our heart um, and and is the one who sometimes contributes to our passions and interests. And um, yeah. And I used to look at all these different countries in Asia and just think, oh, it'd be so interesting to go there and see things and... Um, the other place I didn't end up, but I used to really, really, really think a lot about was Alaska. Okay. Now I have been there twice. Nice. So, um, I, nice. I visited on vacation. Yeah. We went on our honeymoon, my wife and I, so oh. I won that. I won that. Did uh, you see the, the no. lights, the Northern lights? No. Cause we were there in the summer and you see those really in the winter time. Okay. And then I went back years later, but, and that was more the early fall so I, I never saw the northern lights oh man i'll have to go back maybe well hey we we're starting to run out of time but is there anything that you would like to share that's been on your heart or yeah yeah um probably doesn't seem as directly related to everything that we've just been talking about but it's something that i've been thinking about lately yeah uh, from the psalms um and i was just sharing it uh with with roy and Ginny before i came over here so maybe i'll mention it um it says in it says in the Psalms that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, He'll give us the desires of our heart, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, that verse has just kind of been important to me lately. And you know, it's funny because when you hear that verse preached on or taught, it's often, you know, the first thing that someone usually says is that doesn't mean that if you want to be a billionaire or you want to have a Ferrari, that you know the Lord's going to give you that, right? And and um, right. But, but there's the thought that if we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, our will be more like Him, and our desires will be more like you know those things that He would have for us. And I think that's very, very true. But the other thing that I was just thinking about um, as of late is when we des- delight ourselves in the Lord. I think part of that giving the giving us the desires of our heart is also about just meeting our deep-seated needs as people. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I mean by that is like people talk about how everyone because of sin has this hole-shaped, uh, or excuse me, God-shaped hole in their heart or their life or something like that. And I guess that's what I'm referring to. And um, like I, I believe that, you know, as, as, as human beings that we we all probably have similar or, or, or the same kind of deep desires, deep needs that are, that we don't often think that much about. Yeah. Like one of the things I've, I've been thinking about lately is I believe that we all have a desire to know that we're loved unconditionally. Yeah. Yeah. You agree with that? That's what I've been, God, I just want to know how much you really love me. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Right. And I think we, I believe we all have that and Mm -hmm. we all have this desire to be accepted yeah totally for for who we are in spite of our failures inclusive of our failures and our sin right i mean we we (laughs) and and there's i think there's a lot to that and and i believe that as we delight ourselves in the lord and as we we draw near to him he says i will draw near to you Mm -hmm. right that 
he's going to meet some of those deep needs. And, and those are needs that people are trying to fill in various ways, right? Alcohol, drugs, pornography, all sorts of different, you know, yeah. money, wealth, everything, you know, amusements 24 seven. Let me just sit in front of Netflix for the next five hours. Right. And, and I'm, I'm, when I, I throw myself in that, like, we, I think we all have yeah. that like tendency that we want to, we want to fill ourselves with those things that can never satisfy. And that's why they become addictions for people because, right. You know, if you if you think you're going to get satisfied by something and it doesn't satisfy you and you keep trying and trying and trying, that becomes an addiction. Or I think the biblical word in my mind for that is a stronghold. Yeah. Right. And so the Lord, I, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I believe the Lord's helped me to see this a little bit more clearly that when we delight ourselves in Him, when we take delight in Him, He's going to really start to meet some of those needs that we all have for knowing that we're loved, knowing that we're accepted. And he's going to just, he's going to build us up in a, in a, in just in like a, like a, a great way. Right. And give us just, just strength and power. And like, we have, we all have a desire for peace too, right? Just real peace in our hearts, lack, you know, freedom from anxiety and worry and those kinds of things. I think everyone really wants that mm -hmm. deep down and he's the only one who can really meet our needs, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, I just anyway, that's just something that's been, I've been sort of pondering a little bit lately that I, that the Lord's been trying to show me, I believe, um, and he, you know he's just you know the the I actually um, the Lord is the only truly the only one that the more you know Him, the more I think you'll you'll love Him, mm -hmm. you know like to know Him is to love Him like the better mm. you know, like I think. People are all. The more you know them, the better you know them. The more you realize, mm, well, maybe maybe I, I, I don't really like them. Yeah, I might not. I, but I mean, you might like them. You might still love. You know, still you, love you them, right? The, but the you see the flawless, right? Like the, all, I could tell yeah. you this. Like I mean, you know, I could look good on the outside and put a good show on for anybody. You know, with the best of them. Yeah. Um, but you know, if like I wouldn't want you to be able to see a lot of things in in my heart. Yeah. But it's not the way it is with the Lord, right? I mean, the the more you get to know Him, the deeper you know Him, just the more amazing you realize He is, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just such an uh, an amazing thing. That's lovely. Yeah. Well, we are we are out of time. Austin, would you close us in in prayer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time to be able to sit down and to be able to glorify your name and to be able to speak about the things that you have done in Greg's life, Lord. It's beautiful to hear how you have planned all them things ahead of time. And we praise you that you used him mightily to be able to do them things, Father. I just pray for all the people out there, Lord, that this was an encouragement and maybe it blessed somebody somewhere, some shape or form. I just pray, Lord, that you continue to speak to our hearts and really show us how much you love us and would you teach us how to delight in you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Greg, thanks so much for, for coming on. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. And thanks to both of you. I really appreciate yeah. it as well. All right. See you guys next time. Yeehaw.